Welcome to Super Connected. With me, Tim Arnold, and my special guests. We invite you to join us in an intimate and honest exploration into the theme of connection. What it means to be connected to each other, what it means to be connected to ourselves, and what it means to connect in an ever-changing world. Welcome to Super Connected. This week, my guests are two very dear friends. I could almost call them family. They're extended family. And even though you might not know who they are, you've probably seen them in London. <laughs> um, Brian and Simon come from Scotland and the Midlands, respectively. They met in 1987 and started working together soon after. They started their first business making and selling hats. And also around this time, Brian started working in film, TV and theatre as a costume designer. They've both worked in and out of the entertainment industry ever since. And at present, spend most of their time running a Highland wear company using Brian's kilt-making skills to good use. Simon has also acted and worked as a stage manager while also dealing with the business side of their company. Along the way, they've worked on other, other people's projects, um, including mine, with other designers and have also gone by the motto, variety is the spice of life. So please welcome Simon Reeves and Brian McIntosh Melville, who I've already been <laughs> reprimanded for misspelling Spelling it. Um, on, a, on a credit, which will be uh, rectified quite soon. Um, welcome to, to this show. Um, I, I, I asked you both to do this because I thought for a long time, why isn't there... A show <laughs> with you both on it. So when I was um, you know, given the chance to have a show here on Soho Radio, I thought, well, that's that's good. We can get Brian and Simon on. Brian, do you want to just uh, um, tell us a little bit about your journey, how you are where you are now, having come from Scotland and now being in London and very much part of the, what should we call it, the nightlife scene of London? Uh I came to London basically for a sabbatical, just to have a holiday and have a break before I went back north and rooted myself down. And basically I met the husband and never went back. <laughs> so you met Simon very quickly. I mean, the show, this is obviously, uh, people know by now, this is about connections and uh, having a practically married couple on a show. It uh, is a lovely way to celebrate connection, um, Simon, how did, did that? How do you fit into that story from from your perspective? Well, I, I came down to university, and you were in university in I London. Came, yeah, I came down to university, mm. and I met Brian at the beginning of my second year. Right. And um, oh gosh, so how old were you when you met <laughs> Brian? I was nineteen. You were nineteen, and and Brian, you were... let's not say. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit older. Slightly. Bit slightly. Okay. But he lied about his age. <laughs> oh, he did? He did, yes. He said he was even older. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't find out your proper age till we've been together for about two years, I think. Yeah, you spotted my passport on our holiday. Passport when it was wrong, but it didn't really matter. Um, and did you start working together immediately, or uh, did that evolve good, over time? Kind of, yeah. We kind of came up with a notion of. I think you're young and you're foolish, aren't you, really? So you kind of think, oh, let's let's have a... Well, we do. We go, oh, let's have a go at that. And um, and what was that? Which was making hats. Um, Can but, we set the scene? You're both living in London at, at this point. Yeah, we'd, really? mo we'd moved we in... talking early 80s? 80s. 80s, yeah. Late 80s? It was about 88 okay. when we started working together. So I was still at college and um, uh, Brian made me a hat. Hats were quite big in the thing. So um, I said, oh, we, you know, this is really good. We should just do this. And After I made them for everyone at your university. He made everyone a hat. And I said, well, you know, we should make these and sell these. So we did. So um, we opened up a stall in Covent Garden Market. Oh, really? And did it on a Sunday. I never do that. Yeah. Wow. And I was doing that when I... I was still at uni, and we used to do it kind of weekends. It was great. It was a good, different vibe then down there, so it was really good. Sure. It's all gone a bit corporate now. And but Covent then, Garden then, I mean, you're closer to, I mean, it's a different era, but the, the, the Blitz and the new romantic wave that it's happened. It's kind of the end of that. Really. It was the end of that, yeah, but it was, that. It, was still, it was still... There was still a bit of It wasn't an, an Apple store in the middle of it all. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, Apple, no. Apple didn't exist. <laughs> yeah. No, there was no mobile phones. So it was, it was just like we did that and that took off and then we ended up moving to, and having a shop in Ealing. And um, it just progressed from there. And we did that for about 10 years. Do you still make hats? Occasionally. No. Yeah, occasionally. occasionally. Yeah, I used to make an awful lot more clothes for myself then too. Yeah, we had more time. So I was trying to explain to my partner the other day um, um, what you both do. No one ever knows. And me. I said, they look fabulous and um, they make kilts. <laughs> but it's more. It's, that's not quite it, is it? You do make kilts or do you... Yeah. Brian, yeah, Brian makes it. We sell all the yeah. accessories as well. I'm the cheap labour. <laughs> Simon's management. <laughs> yeah. uh, he knows how to make money. I'm yes, creative. I, my family come from... Um, my dad's side of the family come from the Birmingham Bull Rings markets. Wow. So they, they've all made their money um, on market stalls, really. And they all made big money. Um and it must be in the blood, because I kind of like, I enjoy selling things. I don't really yeah. care about the money, I just enjoy selling things. Yeah, you like the so, process of that, and, yeah. and looking after customers, and customers coming back, and people being loyal. Well, funny to... enough, we do it on online now, so yeah. I don't really have a relationship with customers anymore. anymore. But I actually enjoy so that's an interesting and selling it. That's an interesting um, point to dip into... The, the sort of um, the meat of what these shows are about, uh, connecting and how we connect to each other. Yeah. How, how strangers connect, how family connect, how, how we connect to ourselves. Um, and that's, that's just picking up on what you just said about now you do everything online so you don't have relationship with the customers. No, it's, what you just it's said. impersonal now. So you'll get a message. And people don't... We come from a generation where 
you didn't have mobile phones and stuff like that, so you had to speak to someone. Or if I, you sold in the shop, you had to converse with people. Mm. And people don't converse now. They kind of like cut it down to bite size. They'll ask a basic question. There's no thing, and you just give them the basic answer. Mm. So you'd never really get a rapport with people. So I'm really old-fashioned, so when I, when if, if I bought something online, I, I'd probably say more in an email or a message than the person that's selling really wants to hear from me because <laughs> I like I like connecting to him but, but do, do I, you get I, that? I appreciate that when it comes I really appreciate it because communication isn't just the words that come out your mouth as my old mother says to me and she still says to me don't listen to everything someone tells you listen to the silences you'll learn an awful lot more and when you're sitting face to face with someone their facial expression, their physicality can actually tell you things that they can't quite express in words. So even though it's a customer trying to get across a point or a notion that they want, the expression that comes across on a face-to-face -face meeting is far easier to understand than written words. Mm. So do you miss that, Brian? I mean, you've, you both run the business together, don't you? So. Yeah, do we miss it? I, there's elements that you don't miss customers because they drive you mad. Okay. But <coughs> but probably we go out an awful lot. Yes, and because we, we don't have. That's the ace up my sleeve a bit when we get yeah. to talk about you both going out. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm interested in the bit where you're not going. We don't hear a lot about your. We're quite actually yeah. our business meetings, and they have been since the day we met. Are sitting up in bed late at night. Yeah. And mm. Simon knows my creative side and he has a business mind and we'll sit up in bed and discuss things. Mm -hmm. And he's very supportive, very encouraging. Even when we did television and theatre together, uh, we could sit up in bed of an evening and Simon would say, we have to do something like this, this, this. Uh, an example, I did a Commedia Gelarte one evening I uh, was offered this theatre piece, and I went, I'm not really sure about this. And Simon says, it's Molly, you've got to do it. And I went, oh. And he sat up in bed and just described this, how Molly actually worked, this travelling group of actors going mm -hmm. from village to village, pulling everything out of trunk and performing, packing all up and moving on. Mm -hmm. And by the time... And you I'll, were being offered the chance to work with them... As a sort of designer. Costume designer costume, yeah. for this Molly, it was the hypochondriac. And uh, following morning, I woke up with no understanding of Molly at all previously. And it, the whole lot just hit me in the head. Mm -hmm. Designed something that I actually got rave reviews, time out and everything, did a huge half-page spread on me about it. I mean, when I worked for the BBC at one point, I was rushing into studios and working with BBC Education by day rushing home, dumping my things and running off to the theatre to do fittings for a costume piece I was doing mm. for the theatre because it's friends and they would phone up and say, desperately need you to work on this piece. Well, you don't let friends down. It's a case of, well, you pounce at it. Mm. Mm. And how do you um, feel about that? That that That's very different to, to your working now. Your working is very contained, isn't it? And online and... It, well, we said we, we, miss said it. we, we do, do miss, miss it, it now. Hugely. At the time, we were, it was working in the theatre and stuff's great, and we really, really enjoyed the buzz of it. But we'd gone for a spell of doing so much 
that we suddenly realise, and this was going back into a day and age when there was no satellite TV. Well, not so much satellite TV. We didn't have it. So there's an age group who now get stuffed. That TV programme that was on. <laughs> yeah, I remember it. In fact, I remember uh, one recipe, which was called Beanie Pie. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> I remember it. Well, there's an age group that we were coming home and our evening television was get stuffed. <laughs> yeah. and, and we suddenly realised that, oh my God, you know, we haven't seen... I, it was in TV. the days of the word in yeah, Terry and Christian. That, yeah, and so, that, that, we ate our evening meal while that was on television, sitting in the early hours of the morning thinking, mm. our whole life's upside down. And we'd started the kilt business, as because obviously you working in the industry, you go through, there's gaps in between, mm. and we don't particularly like gaps in between. We like to fill it up. Keep so going. we started yeah. the kilt business on the side, thinking this is a good... Well, when it, it brings a little bit of money in, but it fills the gaps in between. Mm. So you're not panicked about work coming up. So we started that, and then it kind of took off. On to the, the fact that you are very... You're social animals, you know. You're really? Always, always <laughs> at the theatre, always at a concert, always at, at, at festivals, even. We do, yes. Um, <laughs> all sorts, and, and your social media feeds are a joy to behold. For many of us, they are lucky to be friends with you on those platforms. Um, that sounds like the contrast to the work that's very yeah. I mean, contained. we keep our work life and our social media life to an extent. We don't mm. um, separate, yeah. um, and, and that's why a lot of people th- think we don't work. If <laughs> 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 only, yeah. Some people forget we've been working. Um, and we we get we like to go out. Not so much the going out. We like to go and see things. Yeah, I mean, we're especially being, live performance. We, like live we performance. love live performance. Yeah. So it kind of. Gives I mean, us I've never balance. noticed anything particularly negative. I never you, say anything negative. negative which I is a lovely. Um, you know, there's a lot that you you you're both quite connected on social media. I mean, there's a lot lot of engagement yeah, yeah, yeah. with your friends and and people that are just nosy about what you're doing and where you're going. Yeah, uh, but. I've never seen any evidence of you doing what some people do on social media, which, which is being, being negative. Very, well, not necessarily negative, but very critical. Yeah, I um, mean, I think, especially if we're going to see something, I might not like it, but I'm not, I would prefer to someone to go and have their own opinion mm. than to actually put it down and muddy the water with something. Mm. Because... I think it's because you you like read film reviews and they'll go, "This is the worst movie ever," and you see it and you think, "Actually, I really I really enjoyed that." So now, like fine ladies of the theatre, neither of you want to mention your age, but there's a particular reason that I'd like to at least get an idea of uh, your ages for our listeners. I'm f- Oh, well, I'm not. If you don't I'm mind. I'm 52. Oh, you can say 52. Am I 52? Yes, I'm 52. And you're, we know you're a you're little bit older. You're going to be 53. I'm 53. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and you're a little bit older, aren't you? Brad? I'm 56 coming okay. up for 57. Yeah, so it's not a great thing. Okay. Yes. So um, the reason I say that is because I see you both uh, kind of displaying a healthy attitude uh, towards social media. Um, and, of course, there are the other sides of social media where teenagers are having... Uh, mental health problems because of too much of it. Um, Some people, probably close to my age, in their 40s, are kind of freaking out a little bit because of the overload of connectivity. And um, I'm seeing you both 
here and I see you regularly uh, and I and I do pay attention to what you're doing <laughs> on your social media feeds and it seems like you're handling it all fine. It's like, How does that feel when you know that there are other... Oh, no, I... You know, we can oh, see we, we do have opinions. We, we do have negative opinions about things. But at the end of the day, especially when you spoke about performance, you never hear us being critical about something. There's nothing worse for any performer or any performance at all to be criticised at the point of coming down or finishing. It's when any performer is most vulnerable. And when I did costume design, I spent half my time mm. trying to make sure that people didn't collapse at the end of it. Every artist, even yourself as a performing artist, you're always critical of your own work and you carry that burden on your shoulder. But someone else giving it too close to that moment in time can break you in two. Mm. And it takes such energy and it takes such courage to put your you work hit, You're hinting a little bit at the kind of cyber-bullying. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have so. a real distaste to it. I, utter think, distaste. I think everyone sees everything in black and white now. And I kind of think the world's more grey. There's You can go and see something and you don't like the film, but it can look stunning. So just to turn around and say that something's rubbish doesn't actually answer your opinion of it, because there's always a plus and a negative to everything. Yeah. So why, whilst both of you would say something fair as, uh, uh, to positive rather than yeah, something yeah, that's negative so. to positive, um, why do you think other people just go straight to the one word... It's easy. <laughs> Terrible. You know. it's, it's easy to no, do that. But, but he, it is easy, but it still requires some some yeah, sort I th- of I think permission. That, or... I think people nowadays think they have to have an, excru- an extreme opinion. So they can't, if they're going to dislike something, they have to hate it. Am I right in saying that you, when you say people nowadays need to have an, feel they need to have an extreme yeah. opinion, you mean an extreme opinion online? Because you wouldn't walk yeah, up to somebody yeah, I and think say it to their face. I call it library, uh, librarian syndrome. Is libra- I know some librarians, so I don't want to insult them. But um, is that they have to be quiet all the time. And so when they tell someone off in a library, they're really rude. And you know how you get that whole... Is it, uh, and I kind of think it's um, quiet people suddenly have the op- option to hide behind a computer mm. and rant at people because they're not going to get any comeback. And that did. works in a positive way as well, isn't it? I mean, perhaps people that, who are shy, shy and don't have outlets yeah. uh, where they can express themselves suddenly feel they can do that online. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to look at yourself. And, I mean, I, I was speaking to a friend of ours who I'd seen him on social media over the last six months just ranting at everyone. I mean, really, really having a go mm. at people. To the mm. point where, especially on Twitter, I thought he was out of order. And I'd said to Brian, the next time I see this person, I'm going to say something. And he said, why? And I said, because it's not them and they're not actually... They're kind of letting themselves down. Because I know them as a person. So how they were betraying themselves on social media was out of order. So I saw them not long ago and I said, can I just have a word you're kind of what's happened to you. And he actually said, I feel as if I'm just shouting and ranting at everyone. I've got, Mm. it's becoming a mental health issue. What should I do? So I said, remove yourself from it and take a breath before Mm -hmm. you answer. Because we can all see something, because everything's, um, 
a click point, you know, they're, they're all, everything's trying to get you wound up. So you have to look at it, breathe, and then think, is it worth answering? Mm. And nine times out of ten, it's not. There is the other angle. We've got a close friend at the moment who's really struggling to come off of social media. Yeah. And uh, they want to come off. Yeah. Basically because of the negativity. And quite often we would chat on the phone. We speak most days on the telephone. And she was being so critical of the way people are behaving. Oh, did you see what that one did? And you see, and I said, well, turn away from it. Mm -hmm. Just because that post's in front of you, you don't like what you're seeing. Move on to the next one. Just let it go. But she got to the stage everything was getting in her head. And now I think she's been off for social media for about a fortnight. Mm -hmm. And she's actually quite proud. It's almost like going to... It's like an alcoholic giving up booze or something. She's so proud of herself. Only because I'm fascinated in in, uh, the kind of people that that happens to what kind of age is she? older than me she's actually just uh-huh. turned 60 and we absolutely adore her a very very close friend but she began to get because of course she's single and she began to look at some of the things that were going on she would get bitter at other people's happiness she would sometimes even get upset at people coming commenting on posts that she was even involved with just because somehow she got an umbrage at something they might have said two months previous. And this psychology was beginning to screw her up quite badly. Mm. I mean, it, 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 it often sounds like, and from the, those two stories that you've just described, that uh, it sounds like you're talking a drug about a drug that someone's trying like, to give up. Yeah, it, yeah is. it is. It is. It is. In your experience, yeah. yeah, I think you have to. I mean, I mean, but I, you I, both, you both have a sort of, I don't know, a way to manage this particular drug. I'm probably when we first joined social media. Actually, we only joined Facebook. <laughs> this is thing. We only. That's joined, a, that's another reason. It was so wonderful to have you both on the show because um, you use social media a lot, but you're very. You've got healthy minds and healthy attitudes. When we first joined social media, this is something you really don't know about me. It wasn't for us personally. It was for my drag persona. Oh, yeah, you did. You had a... Yeah, he's a drag thing. We actually joined Facebook. What's your drag persona I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) She's retired. She's retired. (laughs) Well, I never met her, so she must have been. Yeah. On the basis that... um, you know, uh, it's it it. I mean, it's it's widely known that some of the original engineers of Facebook have since come out and and um, regretted developing the algorithms that they yeah, developed yeah. to sort of entice people into having that. I think it's based on the one-armed bandit approach, isn't yeah. it? Um, of gambling, uh, there's an addictive quality that it conditions you into that. Yeah. Um, but obviously that doesn't work with everybody what do you think it is that you you two probably got some sort of superpower in your lives that means you're using facebook or and it's not using you what I, might that be actually when we took away the drag persona and we worked our own facebook properly we saw the negativity behind the whole lot of it. it's very easy to pick up on the negativity and uh we both sat down and said this is actually like old school. It's keeping an online diary. And if you look at our Facebook especially, I mean, I don't do Twitter, you do, and I sometimes do Instagram. We treat it like a diary. It's mm. a diary of our life together. 
I mean, you know we're never apart. We're together 24 yeah. 7. So anything one of us does, the other one's there beside yeah, them. True. So it is our diary of our life in a funny way. So that's how we treat it. When we post that we're going to see something, it's more mm. like a reminder to us that we've done it. And also, if we go and see something we like, it's nice to ha- take... People don't te- keep photo albums anymore. So it's actually quite nice to have that reminder. I do. But, yeah, you do. I'm not bothered. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and also, we quite early on realised that Facebook isn't real. And what people post isn't real. So if you kind of look at it like that, it's no-one's being truthful. Everyone's either hiding something mm-hmm. or putting a false persona or looking for attention everything. When you realise that it's not real, it's not... It's not in, your Facebook and you as a person are totally different people. Mm-hmm. So if people are judging you on your Facebook persona, they don't know you. And if you look at it like that, it's much easier. You find it quite yeah, easy. It's quite it's easy. harmless for you to use, yeah. based on what you just said, which I think is it's very true. It's 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 another reality. It's certainly not the reality that you know we have here sitting in the mm. studio talking to each other. But there's two billion people yeah. <laughs> who are using it <laughs> and invested in some way in that. What do you think it is then that a third of the uh, uh, just over a third of the population of the planet have taken to that in a way that they can't quite let go of. If you're on your own and you need someone to talk to, it kind of gives you the option to say what you want to say and people will mm. give you an answer. But and, th- and to an extent, that's how Facebook was quite good at the beginning. Mm. But... That has become a drug for people as well. But there's the opposite element to it. There's the people who come across so eloquent, so sharp, so witty on social media, and they're people our age group. Put them into a social environment and they can't can't communicate. They can't can't string a sentence together. Music is something that we that we use to communicate with other people when we start socialising. Yeah. And uh, you talked about social media and how that way of socialising is affecting people's ability to communicate. I, I think it's taking a real toll. Once upon a time, I thought it was the youth. I really did think it was the youth. But even people of our age group who've maybe married, settled down with children... And they've used social media as a way of keeping in contact, but actually lost the communication skills they might have had in their youth when we knew them in their youth. And you're actually seeing people that were the real life and soul of a party nowadays. I, trouble stringing a sentence. What do you together. think, Simon? We, I, I agree, because we get accused of knowing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, you know everyone. And I said, it's because we talk to everyone. And we don't care who we talk to. Mm. Some, everyone has something to say. Everyone's, and you should I listen. think that's why we get on, because I'm like that as well. <laughs> <laughs> never, Tim, <laughs> never. Ridiculous lack of boundaries. And when you say to people who <laughs> seem to spend their life on Facebook, come out. They don't want to come out and interact with people. They can hide behind a screen where they feel very vulnerable putting themselves into mm. a public arena. I think I've learnt with age that 
you can't expect, and I think I've said this to you before, you can't expect everyone to like you, so don't try to be mm. liked, if that makes sense. I don't Do you think me. there's a fault of, of a lot of those platforms encouraging the users of um, the platform to try to get everybody to like them? Yes. I'm, yeah. I mean, I... That's the game, isn't it? I think it also leaves people quite scared. Uh because they're, they're always seeking something that actually doesn't exist. They're watching things and feeling, why is then, it not yeah, me? Not why, why am I not doing this? Why am I not getting that? We were, and it's superficial. We were at uh, someone's party, and I won't mention their names, and this person and the other person took a photograph of themselves, and um, this person's kind of famous. Not famous, famous, but well-known, mm-hmm. and they put them up. And I was standing next to them, and A said to B, how many likes have we had? And B said, we've had uh, 45. Mm. And he went, oh, that's been half an hour. It's not going well. Pull it. Right. And I thought, <laughs> give it time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why that's you, a really interesting story and, why, and very why um, you need that diplomatically iteration? told for yes. whoever A and B might yeah. be. Um, sorry, go on, Brian. No, I was saying, why need that iteration in life? Yeah. Why seek approval? Well, what you're, what we've walked into, of course, is um, kind of mental health, but behavioural issues and all the kind of challenges that many of us grow up with, which is a lot of us seek approval and, and have done for probably thousands of years. But suddenly there's a there's a device and a and a program and a, or an app that we can use to. Um, uh, avoid having to sort out our issues <laughs> above of wanting everybody to like us and, and love but, us. But as you get older, you realise the things your grandmother said to you when you were a child. Mm. Life goes really fast when you get old. It does, and it gets faster. And all of a sudden you think, well, this mortal coil isn't going to last forever. Mm. Enjoy it. Grasp the moment. Who cares what people think as long as I'm not being bad to people or mean to people? Mm. I just want to enjoy my life and I actually think it's been fulfilling to me. And I don't want riches in my life. I don't want fame in my life. I want to be happy. And seeking happiness, that's what people should look for. Not approval, happiness. Simplest thing on earth. Yeah, that's lovely. Uh, I mean, I I kind of knew when I began these shows that I was basically opening myself up as a target um, for, young, for young, <laughs> for, for very, you know, for very young people who just would think we were three aliens discussing social media as yeah. if there's some issue with it. But but I, you know, I I really love hearing uh, the different ideas about the that way that we're connecting um, from people who haven't lost their minds, and I know that are good at connecting. Um, in a uh, sort of natural, analogue and very human way yeah. as well, like you guys. I mean, I think, we, I mean, we're going on about Facebook. I think for the youth, Instagram has been the worst thing because they're bombarded with images of people looking fantastic. Mm. Well, this is the great thing that uh, um, Jamelia, um, Jamil, Jamil is... Who's fantastic. It's amazing. And she's great at saying... yeah. And I think I totally agree with her. Is the fact that no one looks like that? Yeah, mm. you know that you'll get these perfect 
images of people and saying, you know, I said Jamelia. Um, it's Jamila. 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 And um, no one looks like that. Do you know what I mean? I mean, but they're all striving for perfection. And we're lucky we can't. We what do we grew- think perfect? When you say, I kind of know what you mean, but what do we think perfection is really? If we're all striving for that, uh, what what is that? Uh, mm, it's a it can one. vary. It can vary. In my opinion, perfection is actually contentment. Yeah, but, but, but I think but perfection. Visual, I think but, visually, for the, but it all comes into in terms of making your photograph on Instagram perfect. It, what does that mean? It's all about adoration and attention, and they want to fit in. There's. Not as much self-expression. Okay, fitting in. Yeah, that's a good one. Fitting yeah. in. So fitting in with something already that yeah. looks, I don't know, um, successful or yeah. I mean, you've got the content. You've got people like Kim Kardashian and yeah. Beyonce and everything like that. They're they're putting out these images of themselves that they've probably spent a good hour soft focusing it mm-hmm. and. And, and editing it and everything like that. It's not how they look. It's not the reality. And they're portraying that and people are striving. Everyone strives to be like their hero. Mm. So Bowie came out and Bowie had wonky teeth and he wasn't perfect and he was a bit extreme and he looked a bit like an alien and everyone wanted to be mm. like Bowie. So everyone wanted to be slightly odd. Now it's the opposite. Everyone wants this beautiful image of you know they'll go on about people's beauty and they'll say Beyonce's got fantastic skin I mean so it's not so much that people want to be perfect people want to be um they don't want to step out the box yes I I think the late 70s into the mid 80s especially was a really huge point of self-expression not just in this country out west as well where People actually thought well and truly out the box and you didn't really want to look like anyone else. It was complete self-expression. Did that sound like fear? No. It was self-expression. Not that, now. Now now it is, Oh, yeah, it's utter fear. They're actually frightened to step out the box. They want to fit in. They want to be part of something. It's a way of control. Yeah. I mean, I I think... um, I'd say both... Both you are, are both of you are kind of um, good examples of uh, not having fear. There's nobody that looks like you, Simon, and there's nobody that looks like you, Brian. You're quite eccentric. Um, <laughs> well, eccentric is one way of describing. It. I just think it's u- unique, which which everybody is unique. So, is there a fear of unique being something I- that is negative? If people are struggling to to become like. I don't know, yeah, Kim Kardashian I, or something. Like I think people want, I think people deep down want to fit in. So they won't try and do something, they don't want to be the, the oddity. But that doesn't just go to looks, that also goes to what they say on social media. So there's a sense anyway that social media is um, dictating how you. Dictating all kinds of things now, we know that, don't we, because of. Um, Carol Capaletta's uh, investigations and yeah. uh, Chris Wiley's whistleblowing on, on the Cambridge Analytica scandal. There's there's evidence, but we all carry on. Mm-hmm. So, 
<laughs> it's going to be my last question. If if we think the um, the landscape of social media, Facebook in particular, is the is the sort of biggest and most mm. widely used platform, um, is really dangerously making us communicate with each other in ways that are not real. Why do why do all of me included? I'm just as guilty as everyone else. Why do we carry on? Because you worry, people are worried they'll miss out. Because you've you've jumped on the train of Facebook, and people are worried that they'll miss something if they're not on it. I think it's once you've started, it's a bit like playing the lottery. You worry if you stop playing the lottery, that's when your numbers are going to come up. Do you think it would be an achievement if we were to stop it? It, it has a very positive angle. We all have relations who live abroad. We have friends who live abroad. We have friends who are a million miles away at the other end of the country. You can't always keep in touch with them by telephone. I have that with my, with my mother. Yeah, I, yeah, I, exactly. Without FaceTime, I'd be a little but lost. With social media, sometimes it's nice to know cousin in Australia has done a certain thing or a friend up north who you haven't been able to speak to for so long has mm. just got a new job or a new baby's on the way. It has the positive angles of being able to put with what people are doing, but sometimes trying to rip the crap away from it to see these things is the most difficult out the whole lot. It's a great way of linking you to people. I think people have to realise that they're, that's what it's there for. It's there to link you with people. Yeah. But you have to get away from the screen and go out and live life yeah. to actually get the benefit of it. I mean, I feel now that the, the, um, the choices between regulating the platform or regulating yourself yes. is I think we have to regulate ourselves and our use uh, of, of those things. Yeah, really. I, th I think that's true. I mean, everyone can complain about Facebook, but yeah. you have to learn to be more in control of what you do. Yeah. You can't blame... It's a challenge for all of exactly. us to be slightly more centred. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we've come to the end of the show. Oh, no. I want to ask one last question okay. uh, from of each of you. And um, it's, it's really, um, what is the most important connection in your life, Simon? Important, well, probably Brian is the important connection. It's been part of my life. And Brian, what is your most important connection? Actually, I'd have to say Simon. Yes, we've been oh. together for. I can, I, I can too remember long my childhood without him, but I can't really think of a point of yeah. my life that he wasn't there. Yeah, that's lovely. Thank you both so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.